space. Time. Reality. Everyone has their concepts of these, but um, are they actually true? What if I told you that all those terms, all those concepts, are about as fluid as water? This anthology series contains stories that flow between them like a wandering river, between the mind, the body, and the soul. Boldly influenced by the powers that were, the powers that are, and the powers that will be. This is Dark Charm Presents. Episode 303, Dead Air. Hey, you're listening to 108.7 FM, and I'm Mike McLeod, taking you into the early morning hours. Currently, it's 11.57 p.m., and the weather is calling for massive northeastern setting down close to three inches of rain for the next day or so. Officials are asking for people to show a little bit of caution as some roadways will be impassable to traverse near coastal and near riverbank areas. I will be on until 5.30 a.m. to be followed by our zany morning show with Skip and Doodle. We're taking requests into the night, or if you just feel like talking, I'm riding down the midnight highway with you, only on 108.7 FM. Our phone number here at the studio is 555-4328, and this is Achilles' Last Stand by Led Zeppelin. Mike McLeod wasn't his real name. Hell, he wasn't even Scottish. They told Brent Hertzberger that his name just wasn't radio-friendly, but his face definitely was. He didn't know whether that was a compliment or an insult, but the 50-year-old disc jockey was stuck doing the midnight shift on WAPB 108.7 FM. No one called him Brent, but Mike. It was his persona. He was supposed to be their new morning man, but Skip and Doodle, two morons who should have never been in front of a microphone, were brought on instead. Management still offered him a job anyway, and Brent wasn't in the position to say no. Maybe his performance could change their mind. This was supposed to be a classic rock station, but since it was the biggest radio station in Maine, they kind of catered to anyone and everything. From Willie Nelson to the Foo Fighters, this station played it all. His phone rang in the studio. Hey, WAPB 108.7 FM, this is Mike. Oh, hey, Mike, this is Geraldine from Augusta, Maine. Hey, how you doing this evening, Geraldine? Geraldine from Augusta was one of Mike's regulars. She seemed to call every Thursday or Friday when a date fell through or something bad happened requiring sad songs or ballads. I'm not doing well, Mike. Can you buy me some Johnny Cash? Any particular song, or just something to ease the pain, huh? Oh, I'm not partial, play what you want. All right, Geraldine, yours is coming up soon. Thanks, Mike. Goodbye. Mike hung up the phone as he pulled a record from the shelf and set it up. Most radio stations had electronic archives, but not WAPB. Even though they were a digital station, they were still using records and CDs. 
He set the needle for the track and began to play as he went back on the air. This one is going out to this very special Geraldine and Augusta. This is Hurt by Johnny Cash. Mike turned down the radio as he got off the air, letting the song play. He was preparing for the 12.30 news report when another call came into the studio. He answered it again. WAPB 108.7, this is Mike. He was greeted by nothing but someone breathing. He wondered if it was a disconnect, so he replied again. WAPB 108.7, this is Mike, hello? We're on the air. A man finally replied. The man didn't sound like he was from the area, as his voice almost had a creepy British feel to it. Okay, what the hell? <laughs> hey, lay off the sauce, pal. Alright? A younger blonde-haired fellow walked into the studio. He had long, stringy hair and a pair of glasses. Who was that, Mike? Hey, Tommy. It was just some dude on the sauce calling in. We get at least one every night, right? Yeah. I was talking to Chad before a shift, and he tells me that Skip is getting really frustrated with the job. Oh, really? Mike said, extending the word out as he heard the juicy gossip. You know, he makes 500000 more than Doodle does. I would expect that shit from Doodle, but not him. Yeah, he keeps saying WNBC wants him, but we're not getting any... A crack of thunder, and the power in the station went out. Seconds later... The auxiliary power came on. Ah, uh, great. Just fucking great. <sighs> I'll go look at the fuse box. Tommy walked out of the studio. The scrawny producer walked down the hall where Mike got onto the air. Hey, WAPB 108.7 FM, we are experiencing some power issues, but we have our generator up and running, so if we receive any alerts, I'll make sure to bring them to you on air. In the meantime, how about some Tom Petty? Mike dialed up into the great wide open and turned down the music. He walked out of the studio to see the eerie red glow of the emergency lights in the hallway. He needed to make sure that he was close to the studio in case of any alerts, news, or instructions. He called down the hall. Hey, Tommy, did you figure out what's going on? He was greeted by moments of silence. Tom? Tom? faint reply came from down the hall. What? Oh, Jesus. Did you figure out what's going on? Not the fuse box, but the power from the outside. The rain's getting bad, Mike. Hmm. How long will the generator last? Tommy walked into the hall. We should be okay until morning, but 
Skip and Doodle will most likely be pissed. <laughs> Fuck those guys. <laughs> Tommy walked back toward Mike and grabbed his raincoat off of the coat rack. I think I'm gonna go out there and see what's going on inside. Might be a good addition to put on the air. We might be stuck here if the river overran the banks. Mike didn't like the idea of him going out alone, but there were, really was no other choice, considering that they were the only two people at the station. Hey, okay, hey. Be careful out there, man, right? We got a long shift ahead of us. Dude, if push comes to shove, put on a long record like Dark Side of the Moon or something, and if you have to be away from the blood for a while, I should be back. Tommy opened the door and walked out of the station into the outer courtyard and parking lot. Mike walked back into the studio as the phone rang once more. Hmm. Good evening, WAPB 108.7. This is Mike. He was greeted by the same British man moaning, as if in a sexual manner. And he once again replied, <laughs> Dude, get a fucking girlfriend. You're a sick pervert, you know? If you keep calling me, I will alert the police. Mike waited a moment to hear anything else, but hung up again. <laughs> Fuck. Thirty minutes later, Tommy had not returned from his trek, and Mike began to worry. He picked up the radio receiver to call Tommy's cell phone. But instead of a dial tone, he heard the same creepy man on the other end. This time, he responded in a sing-song tone. He laughed on the other end as Mike shouted into the phone. Alright, asshole. You see me? Well, here I fucking am. You have the balls to come after me, I suggest you fucking do it. The line hung up as Mike slammed down the receiver and tried to call Tommy once more. There was no answer as it went straight to voicemail. Tommy, it's Mike. Call me back. There's something going on here at the station. I think we got a psycho on our hands. Call me back. Mike had to go back on the air, but he obviously was too flustered to deal with the midnight crowd. He pulled the microphone down for him. Okay, midnight crew. I've been getting some real jokers calling over the line, causing some problems, so unfortunately for the night, I will have to suspend all song requests. I know it breaks my heart too, and if you are that pervert that keeps calling me, rest assured that the authorities will be here soon. As for the storm, it's getting really bad out there, so please don't travel if you can avoid doing so. You will have a commercial-free, non-stop block of music coming at you, starting right now. Mike set up the next bit of music just as the main generator for the station finally gave out. There were no lights and no power to the mm, board. Fuck! <sighs> Hello? Good evening. Is this WAPB 108.7 FM? Yeah. Yeah, it is. This is Mike McCloud. I don't know if you caught the broadcast. We're not taking requests at this time. I am Officer Violet Blake. I'm calling from the Maine State Police. One of your fans called us stating that you were having some issues with 
prank caller? I just mentioned that a few moments ago on the air. Yeah, that was quick. What did you say the caller's name was? She said her name was Gertrude. She was worried about you. Well, I'm glad she was because I have more problems right now. My producer, Tom Berenthal, went out to see what's going on with the storm. He hasn't come back. The power is out here at the station. Even our auxiliary power is out, and that should have lasted until this morning. I will send a trooper or two out to the station to check up on you. In the meantime, if you hear from the caller again, please call back. We might be able to trace the signal. <laughs> no, 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 no. I remember this fucking story. I'm sorry? You know the tale about the prank caller who harasses a woman babysitting kids and she gets the phone call from inside the house? Yes, we have heard them too. But we want to stress to you that there is a kernel of truth to every legend. Please be careful, Mr. McLeod. Help is on the way. Okay, just... Just just call me when a trooper gets here, okay? He hung up the phone and sat down in the chair by the soundboard. No power meant no records or communication. Mike was never one to sit idly and do nothing, so he got up out of the chair and walked to the door. Fat raindrops drenched him as he walked out into the parking lot. Tommy's car was still there. He never left. The lights gleamed up of Tommy's white sneakers as Mike's eyes widened. Tommy! Tommy! He said as he hoped that it was just a problem with the car, but he never responded. When he reached Tommy, his eyes widened in horror. He saw his producer's lifeless corpse drenched in blood and rain with a deathly stare up into the rain-filled sky. He had been stabbed several times in the chest and slid across his throat. He had to have been dead almost immediately as Mike frantically looked around in complete denial. No, 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 hey, 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 this, oh, fuck me, this can't be happening. He ran back into the station as he heard the phone ringing from the studio. He answered it anxiously. Hello? I'm watching you. Listen, you sick fuck, you killed my friend and- <laughs> The dial tone came over the receiver as Mike panicked. He hung up the phone and called 911. 911, what's your emergency? This is Mike McLeod calling back from the radio station WAPB that that maniac called again and I found my producer turned into a pincushion outside the station. I hope your boys in blue are gonna get here soon because- The line died. Mike clicked the phone over and over. Hello? Hello? Mike slammed the phone down and locked the door to the studio. He could feel his heart beating loudly in his chest as he beat himself up about not getting a cell phone. At least if something like this would have happened, he'd have been able to call for help on his cell. But he was too old-fashioned. The only thing that allowed him to see was the ambient red exit sign glowing above the door to the hallway. He walked to the desk drawer to try to find anything that could help him in his predicament. Cut the damn phone. At least now I don't have to hear his shit. He continued to try and look for a weapon of any kind, but the closest thing he could find was a gag gift rubber dildo in the cabinet drawer. He pulled it out and looked at it, but dropped it almost immediately. Oh, real funny. God damn you, skipping doodle. He continued to try and look for something else. He would take anything, scissors, a stapler, maybe even a mic stand, but it wouldn't come off the board. 
He looked down at the dildo and picked it up. He analyzed it even further. It was clean, and, thank God, was never used. At least he didn't think so. Never mind, that psycho might actually like this. Mm. He stopped as he heard the sound of the door open to the station. He thought that he had locked it. He backed himself against the wall in fear. Who's there? He screamed, but realized that the windows in the studio were double pane and almost soundproof. He could see a lone shadow walking through the hallway. He stared silently as the shadow seemed to turn toward the window in the room. In a moment of panic, the shadow's eyes shone a blood red. Maybe they were reflecting off of glasses, but he definitely felt he could see him. Someone behind the door began to try and jiggle the handle to get inside. Mike instinctively held onto the dildo tight as he got prepared to chuck it at the assailant. As whoever was behind the door was now pounding to break it down. Come on and get me, you sick fuck. I got a surprise for you. The troopers of the Maine State Police arrived at the station at approximately 3 a.m. They had to clear debris from the main road to get to the station, and to the horror of the police, they found Tommy's lifeless and drenched body outside. Coroner's office stated that Tommy was eviscerated with a very sharp object, possibly a bowie knife. When the police entered the station, it looked absolutely immaculate. There was nothing out of place whatsoever. But when they arrived at the studio, it was a different scene. Lying on the floor was Mike McLeod, who had been slashed to ribbons but was still alive, and another man who was dressed in a heavy raincoat and a mask. He was also dead, with the dildo that Mike had found shoved deep into his ocular cavity. The brain hemorrhage finally killed the man. The police removed his mask to find out that the assailant was a recently released inmate from the Dorothea Dix Psychiatric Hospital named Bernie Jones. He had a history with sexual deviancy, and three years prior had killed a man and pleasured himself all over his mangled corpse. The police and paramedics got Mike onto a gurney, just as he said to them, I did it. <laughs> did you see? I did it. I skull-fucked the bastard. <laughs> You've been listening to episode 303, Dark Charm Presents, Dead Air. In the cast you heard, Gatekeeper Emeritus, played by Dan Mac McCloskey. Mike McLeod, played by Miguel Pedroza. Geraldine from Augusta, played by Ferd Burfel. Psycho Sid himself. Tommy Barenthal, Danny Atwell. Officer Violet Blake, played by Amanda Hunter. And the 911 operator, played by Max Hunter. Special effects by Zapsplat.com. Achilles Last Stand by Led Zeppelin. Hurt by Johnny Cash. Into the Great Wide Open by Tom Petty. Stay tuned for more tales from the powers that were, powers that are, and powers that will be next time. Copyright 2022. Dark Charm Media. All rights reserved.